Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we have uh, had quite a long hiatus um, without uh, broadcasting, and uh, we apologize for that, but there's been a lot of things going on, a lot of changes, and, and uh, COVID and all that uh, has kind of screwed things up. But here we are again, and we're back um, I'm very excited about a new uh, list of people that we're going to be having as guests. And uh, um, in fact, next week, I've already got Randall Balmer up. And you, uh, I know you, many of you have really enjoyed his comments and many of you have enjoyed his books. So uh, that, that will be a, that will be a great adventure, but, Today and tonight, for those on the East Coast, because it's almost night for you, uh, we uh, we are going live this time, and that's kind of fun. Uh, we didn't have a long time to let people know, so we don't know whether we'll have many people participating, but um, I am willing to take calls uh, on this half hour. And uh, let me just give out that number real quick. If you would like to call and especially talk uh, to our guests, maybe have some questions about somebody who was in the thick of things in Vietnam in 1968, um, you can call in at uh, area code 319-527-6764. Once again, that's 319 319- Five two seven six seven six four. Our guest today is a, a friend of mine named Tim Lickness. We went to church. I got to know Tim through the same church uh, in Pasadena, and uh, we uh, we were I would say we were acquaintances in in uh, high school. Uh, maybe maybe not you know. Real close friends. I had some other friends that I probably got spent more time with than than Tim. But um, the reason I, I I like and I've gotten to know Tim really since then is because of Tim's uh, Vietnam experiences, which have really taught me quite a bit. And uh, I, I I don't want to take up all the time, but I could take up all the time just by talking about what I've learned from uh from from his stories and from listening to him and his experiences because you know that's the whole thing about those of us who are my age 65 70 75 um how far you want to go with that <laughs> um we uh, we you know we went through 
1968 and many, many different uh, approaches to what was really going on in the world. And many of us didn't have a clue, like me and uh, others. uh, And yet here was Tim involved uh, in Vietnam, and many of us were trying to stay out of there, and others were upset that we were there, and and uh, there was a, so much uh, conflict going on both here in our country and both obviously conflict there in Vietnam. But uh, what, a, what a period of time it was. Uh, I have gotten to know Tim since then. That's, that's my whole point. And learning through his experiences. And so we would like to share some of that with you and I'm very excited that you're going to get to meet him and listen to him uh, talk about some of his experiences in Vietnam and since. Um, So uh, without further ado, uh, let me introduce our guest to you, uh, Tim, Tim Lickness. Tim, welcome. Yes. Thank you so much. It's, it's, It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, you know, we were. Uh, is, is there anything about your childhood that stands out that that's really? Uh, or are you just a regular? Were you a regular kid? <laughs> I, I was pretty much a regular kid. Um, my my dad was in World War II, but he was he was a clerk typist, and he never left the state. So, so I, we don't have a military background in my family. It was just kind of the guys I was hanging out with that. Uh, yeah. Um, we saw we saw the world through the military. Okay, okay. So that was even before you even before you went. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, up? we used to sit around. And, I'm sorry, we used to sit around and watch war movies. Uh, just just because that wow. that was sort of interesting to us. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. I do remember you you and a a classmate that I know, but I think I've forgotten his name. Um, Don. Don Don Barrington. Don, Don Barrington. There, there you go. Yes. Um, what made you? Well, let's see. Let's back up a little bit. We went through high school together. Did you go to uh, to college at all? I I went to uh, junior college there in, in Pasadena um, yeah. for one semester, but I I dropped out uh, because I realized I wasn't I didn't know what I was doing there. I didn't have huh. a plan, and um, so yeah. I dropped out. Okay, and so somehow, uh, at a time when most people were being drafted uh, and not <laughs> wanting to go, um, you uh, you enlisted. Talk about that. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, and uh, yeah, tell us. Tell us about that. Well, Don and I were we hung out together, and, and we liked to work out. So we were working out at the YMCA and and, and talking about the Vietnam War and what was going on, and, and and really kind of talking about you know America and what was happening. And as we were having that conversation, we we had both dropped, at least I had dropped out of uh, junior college, and Don was about to. Um, <laughs> we decided, well, maybe maybe we should be involved. Maybe we should do something. And so we both. We went into a recruiting office together, and he came out of Marine, and I came out of Army paratrooper. Wow, wow! <laughs> and, uh, 
we, we saw it as an opportunity to do something. We wanted to do something important. And we really, we saw this, okay, this is an opportunity. We're not going to be great students. That doesn't look like our path, but maybe we can do something to help the country. Wow. Wow. So you went with a sense of, uh, you really went with a real sense of purpose. Is that right? Yeah. Let me, Yes, I, and I, I can be more specific about that because I don't know really how this happened, but I became so so um, the, the Constitution of the United States and the 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 amendments to the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and mm-hmm. particularly the one that talked about religious freedom of religion. I thought, how can anybody deny freedom of religion? I mean, I can understand you can shut people up when they're talking sometimes or tell, tell them they can't write stuff, but you can't tell people they can't have religion. And so for me, it was all about if people are going to be denied a religion, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about that. So that's mm. kind of why I wanted to go. It was all about freedom of religion. And, and, and at the time, I didn't really care what religion. I just thought, you can't do this. This is eternity. You're, you're, you, this is not just our lifetime. This is forever that you're messing with. And so I didn't, I didn't like right. that, what I was seeing, and I wanted to do something about it. So you were fighting, in that sense, in your mind, then you were fighting communism and uh, uh, that which prevented people from from being free yes. to worship as they want, as they pleased. And I saw communism as a threat to that, that particular freedom, freedom of religion. Yeah. That, that was really my, my biggest thing. Yeah. Were you able, now here's the big question, even before we start talking about your experiences there. Were you able to hang on to that all the way through the conflict, yes. do you think? Or did you get disillusioned at some point? No, I, I, I was all in. Um, I, 68 was, was really a rough year for both in, in country and what was going on in politics at the time. Um, but no, I, I never lost that, and to this day, desire to fight for uh, religious freedom. Wow, wow. Now, I mean, I, I'd you... go to Ukraine if I wasn't so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, were you? Were there others like you, or, or were you? Did you stick out with that? No, I, I don't. I actually don't think most people thought like I did. Um, yeah. I, I don't actually haven't found anyone who mirrors that exactly like I did. There were those who were really against communism that I know that joined up. I mean, Don was one, um, but. Uh, the religious freedom part and the constitution that was that was me, and I don't know anybody else who was that that uh, engaged with it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing though that, that took you through that took you through uh, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, and it, it was that was it. What was it? Now, tell us. It, it, it's probably impossible. It would have been impossible for you to have any clue about what you were getting into, I would guess. And Well, it, certainly before I enlisted. Uh, but once I got in the military, I, I, knew, uh, I knew what was going on, and I, and I wanted – I actually took extra training uh, just, just because I wanted to be as prepared as possible. And, and I was expecting to go to Vietnam, and I, I ended up there. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I think by then I, I knew the war was the war was going on. It was happening. It never got as bad as '68 did before I got there. 
Um, but I knew that, you know, uh, Americans were dying. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, there was a lot of, was there a lot of that around you? A lot of death around you that you had to experience all the time? Yes. Uh, in, in, in Vietnam. Yes. Um, 68, 68 started with Tet, and then I got there in February, so it was right at the end of Tet, but the American uh, counteroffensive was just starting, and people don't know about that. There was actually, we had a series of counteroffenses where we attacked, and really, we, by the end of 68, you, we, we had a hard time finding uh, the enemy because we hmm. had been so success, successful on the ground, but by then, it, it was over with in, at home, and so there was no chance. Even though on the ground we were, we really did well. But yes, that was a very deadly year. Mm. Mm. Wow. I was in the field I, all, almost all the time. I, I spent very little time back in the rear area. I was out in the jungle uh, on patrol. One of our patrols lasted 42 days, so we didn't go back and for anything for 42 days. We were out patrolling, so we 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 were a long range patrol kind of outfit, a typical um, paratrooper outfit that would go behind enemy lines, although there weren't enemy lines in Vietnam. We were out out looking for them all the time, so trying to engage the enemy. So it was really, we were looking for fights. Wow. Wow. Um, tell us some stories. I mean, uh, we, 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 you must have been surprised by some encounters. You weren't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I I was surprised by a couple things. Um, one, I was surprised by, um, you know, we're just we were a bunch of just really young young guys, um, and but I was surprised by how sometimes you, how brave we were. I mean, you saw we weren't fighting for our country; we were fighting for somebody else's. But I saw guys, and I did too. And we we just did things that surprised us that we would. We were willing to, you know, uh, face that kind of fire. But the second surprise for me was how absolutely scared I was. I did not think I would get scared. I, I had, you know, I was a Christian, and I believed what Paul said that, you know, when we die, we're better off. And I had that, I had that in my heart. I knew that. So I, I wasn't afraid so much as su- surprised. At some point, I started getting scared. Oh. And um, that, it was that one story. It was in June. Uh, where I lost an entire squad, but that night I was so scared um, mm. that I thought I said I thought to myself I I have no faith I I've lost my faith because I'm I, I'm I'm afraid to die, and it was over it was after the battle, but that oh. night I just broke down and 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 that that changed me that night changed me because I was so afraid, and the rest of the my rest of my tour in Vietnam um, I I was a different person I I don't I hardly ever closed my eyes because I was so afraid, but. There was wow. like, I had two, two, those two big things. One is how we were willing to run into, you know, into the enemy teeth, and also we were really scared. So it was both those things happening at once. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Well, you were referring to so – uh, go ahead. Yeah, you, and I mentioned the June 8th. Um, that was my worst day. Um, yeah. We We had – uh, been on patrol for several days, and we'd actually gone to the back area, and it had been raining. It had been raining for about three days, and, and uh, it was a Sunday morning. I remember it being a Sunday morning, 
and it was Ooh. bright and sunny, and the and the jungle smelled fresh and clean because it just been washed out. And company commander came and said, "I I need you to take up go on patrol, take your platoon and go on patrol. We're going to fly you out here." And so we did that. And during that mission, and I don't need to go into all the details, but we ended up going down a hill that I was surprised by how wet and muddy it was, and we couldn't get our footing. And as we slid down the hill, we didn't slide really into an ambush so much as we slid into a base, um, a small base, but it was bunkered, fortified, and we couldn't go back up. We we didn't have enough footing to go backwards. And wow. so we, did, we just had to fight it out there. And uh, it wasn't until I called in an airstrike that the, that the battle ended. But uh, before that, before I got the airstrike in, uh, the, the eight others that were with me uh, were killed. Wow. So, and I saw all that, and, and, I, and I saw them fall, and that was the nightmares I had when I came back. Um, I, I would oh, see man. them all dying again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How on earth did you survive that? How come? Do you, you ever? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, huh. I mean, it was really close. Uh, um, my uh, radio operator died in my arms, um, and he was shot standing behind me. Um, and so how he got hit, and not me, I, I never knew. But um, it was it was close. It was it was close, real close fighting. We were up close. And, uh, in fact, when I called in the airstrike, I said, "Bring in! I want the smallest bombs you have because we're so close. I need a, I need a really small. So it was, I, I think it was a hundred pound, which is a really small bomb. But uh, we just were so close that we were in the we were in the danger area, so we had to get behind trees. But by then there was. Uh, just me and the radio operator left, and uh, he got killed right after that. Wow! Wow! But finally, the uh, the airstrike was what allowed you to get out of there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'll tell you, John. Uh, I'm an o- I was an OCS officer. That's Officers Candidate School. So you're, we call it. Everybody called them this six month wonders, um, or the boys in blue, because we were just kids going through officer's candidate school, like coming out a second lieutenant and then eventually a first lieutenant, which I, which I was in Vietnam, a first lieutenant. But yeah, we were, we were, we were young kids. Um, I, I don't remember where I was going with that, John. Uh, well, I had asked you that if you had gotten out, how, how did you get out of that situation? Yeah, it was the airstrike, and I, I and to tell you the truth, I don't know. I only called in one airstrike, um, and that was in training and back in back in Georgia. So I I really wasn't familiar with it because normally the company commander would do that. So I did it, but it was perfect. He hit the target exactly where I wanted it uh, on the first pass, and it stopped the firefight. Um, wow! But, uh, by then, by then the squad was gone. Wow! Wow! So that was your worst day. Yeah, and I will tell you this, John. <clears throat> um, I learned about lying because that that night when uh, when I got evacuated back to the our base camp, um, my battalion commander said to me, "How are you doing, uh, Lieutenant?" And I said, uh, "I'm okay, sir. I'm fine. I wasn't injured." And then my company commander said the same thing, and the executive officer said the same thing, and I said the same answers, and all was a lie, and I knew it at the time. I was lying. I wasn't okay. But that's not what soldiers do, you know. Soldiers get up and fight again. So yeah. I didn't want to say anything. But I was, I was, I knew I had changed. And um, uh, if I could just fast forward to when I got home after I got out of the service, I knew 
something was wrong. I knew, and I kept asking people, I need to talk to someone. And at those, in those days, we didn't know. We didn't know about PTSD. We didn't know about, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the kind of stuff that goes on, the tragedies that go on afterwards. Um, yeah. And it was a different kind of war. It's, it wasn't a kind of war where, where you're fighting for your homeland, you're fighting for your family, you're fighting for your country. You know, it was a war where you're really not – you're fighting for somebody else. Um, mm. It's part of a big plan, we thought. I mean, this is the worldwide threat of communism and all that. But, but really, um, we weren't. We, it wasn't. It was a different kind of fight. We knew we'd only be there a year, um, unless we unless we re-upped. But so when so you take a, a middle class kid like me out of you know Pasadena and and basically yeah. uh, like two months two months before I was in, in the army, I was a, I was an explorer scout. So and then to go over there and fight this war and then come back to what we came back with, which was at least indifference, if not hostile. Um, yeah. Mostly I in, what I encountered was indifference, but just indifference. People just didn't want to know about anything. They, they weren't interested, so I didn't talk about it for a long time. But um, we weren't prepared for me. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. And when I got back and I, I sought help for a long time, and I finally gave up, um, and uh, I self-medicated for a long time. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it was not pleasant. It was not good. Yeah, tell us some more about that. Um, it, that, it, that whole it, transition, you know, I mean, I just okay. can't imagine what, what, what it's like to, to be back in where everybody's just doing their normal thing. And, well, and, John, and that you, you, you know how our experience out here. You know, how do you, yeah. how do you, how do you put that all together? Yeah. So, so, um, I got home and the, the big problem I had was sleeping because I was having these nightmares and I would just see these guys being killed all over again. And this went on for seven years, uh, all the way through college and all the way through, uh, law school. Um, and you, John, you and I were raised the same way. Drinking was not part of our life. We didn't, or my parents didn't, well, my parents were secret drinkers, but um, we were, our family was against drinking for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as of the church and we, so that was not part of my life. I, I didn't drink at all in the army mm-hmm. when, when I was on active duty, I never did. I wasn't interested, but after seven years at home, I had a glass of wine and a, a terrible thing happened. I fell asleep and I thought that that's the answer. I've been looking for the answer Just have a glass of wine. But, but eventually, you know what happens. You start drinking too much, and that's what happened to me, and I, I did for a long time. And it, thanks, thanks to my relationship with um, our, our Lord and Savior, I, uh, I got out of that, and I'm free of that, and I know it. Uh, and it's a great feeling, and I sleep well. So um, mm. it, it's, been quite, it's been quite a challenge, but I've gotten where I am now, and I'm comfortable with myself now. Can you still... Can you still have a nightmare or two after all this, or is the Lord yeah, taking care? Yeah, actually, thank you for asking that question. Uh, for some reason, and I don't know why, the nightmares started up again last fall, huh. and they weren't regular. And they actually—I was actually. My wife told me I was actually getting physical. I was fighting, physically fighting at night, hmm. uh, to the point where hmm. she'd have to leave leave the bed because I'd reach. I I uh, hit her a couple times, I guess. Um, she told me she's not hard, but she told me about it, but. Uh, after 
the nightmares. The next day, I, I sort of fall apart because of some trauma going on right now in our lives, and I just couldn't handle it. So fortunately, I've had good Christian brothers that I could turn to and say, I, can you just come over? I just, I just need you to come over. Uh, and that's what I discovered, it just showing up. And um, Go ahead, sorry. I don't think that's me. No, uh, that was me. Um, so, so that's what I, you know, last week uh, when I saw you, and you, you apologize, you're running a little late because of the traffic. And I, I said, John, that wasn't even important. What's important is you showed up. Because what I discovered, I, I need guys, I need men and certain women, but mostly men to show up in my life to keep, mm. keep me on the right track. And, and so when I just saw you out there, I go, John Fisher's here. <laughs> and I know it was a long trip. And I said, he showed up. It doesn't matter that anything else. To me, it was just like you were there. Uh, and it meant a lot. It really meant a lot to me, John. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, now that you brought it up, um, last week, it was quite an important week. I guess um, I guess it was 50 years since the last uh, group came came home. Yeah, the last Americans came home, yeah. Last Americans, yeah. And uh, and then I, the at the beginning of the week, I didn't know, but there there is a Vietnam vet uh, war veterans day, right? Day, is, yeah, yeah, right. I, I think that was last yeah. week. I was early it was. In the week. And to me, that, to me, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the important. The, that date's not important to me. That kind of stuff. And you know, we give little they get little coins and you know stuff and and pins to wear. But for me, it, it was it's it's deeper than that, much deeper. And it's really about people and what I've learned about myself over the last few years. Uh, I've learned a lot. Um, I've got a, I, I've got a lot to answer for, John. I mean, I, I've done some damage to people in the way you know because of what, what I've been through, I, I caused some collateral damage to some people I love. And, and I, and, and I spend, I'm going to spend the rest of my life. I, I, I hope um, being the kind of person that they should have been, I should have been for them before, but um, that's my, that's my prayer now. And that's every day I get up with that in my heart. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Uh, uh, that's beautiful. Um, do you, uh, do you know many other veterans? Do you keep in touch at all? I, I know I know a lot of veterans, and I'm and I'm close to a lot of veteran groups. I'm not a joiner of that kind of stuff um, necessarily, um, but I do know a lot of veterans. Um, but I don't. I only keep in touch with one person from those days, and that's the mm. one of the pilots that were shot down that I rescued. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Well, what? How do you think most of them are doing? You know what? Is there a typical is there a typical Vietnam vet veteran and and and, and would you say would you say he's still in trouble? Uh, I don't know what I'm asking no. here, but yeah, no, I, I get it. Well, first of all, John, only ten percent of any military is involved in, in close up combat. Every it, it takes a lot of logistics. And, and uh, that's what the Russians are finding out. They're terrible at it. We're really good at it. So, um, you know, that, I, that helps. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So what I was going to say is that 
not that many Vietnam veterans are actually combat veterans. I see. So a lot of this stuff is more important to them uh, because of, you know, they weren't in, in the thick of it. Those of us who I think were in the thick of it, we, we just want to be around each other. <laughs> we, we need to talk to each other. So it's not that we don't respect or like or admire and, 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 and are gracious, gr- grateful for what others did. But uh, those of us who really, you know, saw really serious combat, we, we want to be around each other. And so that's, that's kind of the people I, I look for. Yeah. So there was a strong – was there a strong bond built that you felt there while you were there? No. No, and that was, that was my biggest problem. I went over unattached. I went over as a replacement. And uh, within a few days, I was in with my replacement group, which was the 101st Airborne. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. Because it was at, right at, uh, as Tet was getting over, we were immediately in combat. I didn't get to know them very well, um, and uh, that was a real that was a real issue. Um, fortunately, I had a year in Korea, so I had some experience. But you know, I was a young, not only a, I was young, I looked even younger. Um, hmm. And um, oh no, I I did not bond with anybody over there because it, we never got a chance. Wow. That's surprising. And since, since since I ended up um, having to be evacuated, I never got around it. Even the ones I did know very well, which were the other platoon leaders, uh, I didn't get around to getting their, um, you know, uh, contact information so we could get in touch after the after we got back, because so, I was just rushed out and, and I was flown to Japan without any of my stuff. I never really got a chance to write anything down or. Or, or uh, get contact information for anybody. So no, no, I did not bond with anybody over there. You said which is which is really unfortunate because that's what you want. You want to bond. Yeah. You want to be in training together because re- really in co- in real combat, you're you forget what the cause is. You start fighting for each other, uh, and yeah. so n- not having that made it a lot more difficult for me because I they all knew each other. They trained together, but their their platoon leader had been killed the week before, and I was just brought in to replace him. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, they didn't know me very well. They, and so, so most of them didn't even know my name. They just called me LT, uh, huh. which is abbreviation. So, we can, so I yeah. knew them by their nickname, you know, uh, whatever that was, and, you know, Sarge or whatever it was, and they knew me by LT, and that's really kind of all we knew. Huh. Wow. Wow. You mentioned that after that uh, horrific experience uh, of losing your squad, um, that – that there was a you were scared and pretty much uh, stayed with you uh, through the rest yeah. of your time there. Is that t- t- tell me yeah. a little bit more about that? Were you were you actually still involved in fighting during that whole time? Oh, yes. I, I never left. I never left my job. Um, yeah. I was right back. As soon as they as soon as they gave me a replacement squad, I was we were back at it. Um, but it did change me, and uh, I. The, the fear was really more I, I, at, at night, and I um, would not – I couldn't sleep well. And my poor radio operator, who when he started storing, I would just reach over and hit him. And, and so he was staying awake all night too. So the rest <laughs> of my tour, mostly, mostly what it was, I, I was just so bothered by the fact that I was scared. I thought, why am I afraid to die? I should not be afraid to die. You know, hmm. Paul told us, don't be afraid. Yeah. It's okay. I, and I, I had that going over there, but I, you know, 
once that day happened, I thought, oh, and that, then I kept thinking, I don't really have any faith. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a faithful Christian because I don't, uh, obviously, I, uh, something's wrong. So that's what I lived with the last four months. Wow. Um, until I ended up uh, in, in a hospital. Wow. How did you, how did you eventually pull out of that? Not very well. <laughs> um, you know, it, there was. It didn't seem like any. I could. There was very few people I knew how to knew who to talk to. Um, you know, at, at at the exact same time that I came back to our church, we our youth leader was changed and somebody I didn't know, and so there wasn't that person there. And you know, I talked to doctors and the people didn't know what to do. And and then our, our and the lay people. Uh, like you and the others, uh, you, you didn't, you know, it was like, it's such a bad thing to talk about. Let's, maybe we can just not talk about it. And that's how I felt. And I think that's legitimate. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was a, I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. So I, I tried to take care of myself and I didn't do a very good job. Mm-hmm. But I'm, oh, I'm past that now, thanks to people who show up. So I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm now in a good place. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, as you now, uh, I just briefly met your wife the other day for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. Had you already? You you weren't married when you when you went. No. Were you? No, okay. I, I was not married. In, in fact, I was. I was way too immature to be married. I met uh, Barbie, my wife, um, mm-hmm. when I started working. Uh, my first year as a lawyer, so okay. we just we met in, in in the office environment and fell in love and got married. So that was our story. Yeah. yeah. How is she? Uh, how has she handled your your Vietnam experience? Has she um, had her own yeah. struggles with that? Yeah, as, as as I mentioned, I, and I didn't even realize what I was doing, how badly I was hurting people. Yeah, she struggled with her own struggles because of me, mm-hmm. and I know that. But she, as as I told her last week, I said, you know, you you've always shown up in my life, um, mm-hmm. and when even when you didn't want to, even when you said I'd rather just leave, I want to run away sometimes. But she showed up, mm-hmm. and. And for the last 45 years, she's been by my side, even though she, there have been times when she, I know she would rather have been someplace else. So, yeah, I got really blessed. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, uh, gosh, our time has flown by too quickly. Um, maybe some final words to uh, what, you know, what do we say? Well, you know, I was thinking when I was thinking we would have this conversation, I thought, you know, what do you say to people who are our age who did go through this experience in some way? They at least know what Vietnam is. Um, Do you say anything uh, to them that would be maybe different from what you might say to a millennial or someone who just doesn't have a clue what Vietnam was and they, it's just like some strange thing out of the past or a history book. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, um, I, that's a that's a good question, John. I, um, in January and February this year, I had the opportunity to to uh, help teach a class history class at a local um, Christian college here in Southern California, and and uh, so I had five, five students that I broke out in breakout groups. I had five of them. We spent eight weeks together, and they're you know young college students, and they were very interested in the stories. Um, hmm. And they had a different their their perspective of the Vietnam War was history. Uh, but when they when went talking to them and I told them these real stories and they they got it I I was really impressed with them but generally speaking no I I've gotten to the point John where I don't want I don't want to talk about me anymore I want to talk about my savior um, and so I try to deflect conversations away from what I did to what what's going on right now in our lives so. Uh, I, I'm going through this process right now. I'm actually growing as we're speaking about this. So um, right. things are happening in my life right now that are that are uh, that are great, and also we're going through a lot of trauma. But I, I now know um, I can't control everything. I've always tried to control everything, and I now know those things are going to get controlled by something. It, it's not going to be me, but it's going to be something. So I might as well turn it over to God. <laughs> I've finally gotten there where okay, God, I can't do anything about this one. Just tell me, uh, yeah, I, I want to, I want to follow what you want me to do, and that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, uh, yeah. I, I'm thinking. Um, you know, I guess there's one more question on my mind: is how, you know, how, how did, how did your relationship with how did this whole thing affect your relationship with the Lord? Now you've mentioned that a little bit along the way, uh, but well, was he, well, was, there, was he real yeah. to you in, in the midst of that? Was he, yeah. you know, in Vietnam, it, I was, yeah. you know, I, 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 I've got my letters home and I wrote about it. I said, I just hope I'm, I'm being, you know, the kind of man that God wants me to be. I, I know it got me through Vietnam, but I will tell you when I started drinking, you can't be a drinker and still be, and, and not lie. It just, if you're going to be a secret drinker, you got to lie. And I did. And when you lie, you, you build a fence between you and God, and it's hard to talk to him. And that's, so I fell away mm-hmm. from that until I stopped drinking. And then I go, you know what? God's got me now. I don't have to worry about this stuff. Um, whatever, whatever I've done, I've got to live with the consequences, but I got God to help me. So that's, it's been a journey, and I'm still on it. Like, quite frankly, I'm right in the middle of it. Um, yeah. But wow. I, I know where I want to be. Wow. And that's closer. Wow. That's closer to God every day. And so now I'm I'm praying a lot more than I used to because I was just not a good person. I was not. I was I was lying to people, and I knew it, and God knew it, and it wasn't it wasn't healthy. Hmm. Tim, thank you so much for uh, being with us and sharing some of your experiences. And, and I know it was encouragement, uh, encouragement to many one Cer- certainly has been for me. And, uh, um, and I just want to thank you for going through what you did. Uh, somebody, you know, you, somebody had to do it and, and you, yeah, and you did. It was my choice. Yeah. It was my choice. I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, I, People make their own choices, and I, I respect what everybody did, and I, that's the choice I made, and I lived with that, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. 
and you've had some pretty huge adjustments, but you know, that's all part of the, it's all part of the plan. And it's the way, that's the way you used your life and uh, God bless you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just, thank you, John. Thank you for what you've done. And, uh, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you, John. Thank you. Okay. You too. God bless. Thanks for taking the time. Here. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, folks. You're listening to, to the somebody who's been there. John Fisher on Unbelievable. Radio. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Join us next week. Randall Trying to help their fellow man. Hoping we can make.